Well, hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Gundam Explained podcast. I'm your host, Adam Blue, as always. And yeah, let's start talking about Gundam like we normally do. Um, you know, to get started, this podcast should be available everywhere podcasts are available. If not, just let me know. And there's the video version on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. We're doing a giveaway. There's always like two things to be given away. And speaking of that, let's jump into it. Um, so yeah, with this last giveaway, uh, and I want this open internationally and figure, you know, the shipping costs shouldn't be so bad nowadays, but for this one item in particular, um, yeah, it was super expensive. So I contacted the winner and said, hey, do you have a uh, a local shop, you know, where you're located, uh, an online retailer that I can make a purchase and have it sent. And sure enough, that was the case and it worked out. So I think that's how I'm going to handle most of the giveaways. If you check the video that's in the um, in the description of the video, and I think even um, where this is posted as a podcast, yeah, there's a, a giveaway video <clears throat> and, I, and I have one item that I will be shipping to someone, but then there's Another item that then I'll yeah make a purchase and have it sent. But what's funny and actually let me jump ahead real quick. So Karina was the winner, and she got that GPO one FB, right? Yeah, because the two and the three, yeah. And um, you know what? I love the the proportions, the scale, the detail of it. Now she even sent in a screenshot of what she built. And I think it, it looks great for, uh, you know, these figures that are being sold in Target stores and whatever. And you could easily even further customize this, even the panel lining. I, look at all the detail that's in the in the legs here. You could, yeah, further customize this with, yeah, panel lining, other little details. Even the color separation is pretty nice for the size of the figure. So, yeah, thanks, Creator, for sending the picture in and... And the, the reason I wanted to talk about this was, so because I wasn't able to ship it to her, and I'll even say it wasn't going to be $90, or I could pay $56 and it would just take like over a month. And so I was like, I want to get it out quickly. Yeah, and that all got remediated. So when I'm home after, you know, uh, getting that, making that purchase in the country of origin, I then got the other figure out. And I was just going to let my youngest open it up and we could build it. And when I open it up, I, there was something strange about how I opened it uh, that I didn't really realize. So with these packages, they have like a perforated area that you can like rip open, but that's still cardboard glued on. What they had done was um, the perforation was still there intact, but I guess the the one part of the cardboard was lifted and then re-glued on. So when I went to open it, it just came off easily. And there was plastic in there, but there was nothing in the plastic. But also in the box was some red mobile suit from Seed or something. I, I have a picture on my Instagram. Um, I was shocked for a lot of reasons. Like, I, I, I think it was incredible that I was about to have this shipped overseas and, and the winner, Karina, would have got this and then opened it and been like, uh, what is this? And I would have felt so bad. So it's like I'm so glad it actually worked out like this. And then I think that's how I'm going to be doing these future giveaways anyway. I'll just, you know, whatever your country of origin is, if it's outside the United States, I'll or even in the United States. Yeah, it's probably easy to 
purchase that way and just uh, ship straight to the winner. So, and if anyone has any comments or suggestions on that, let me know. Um, yeah, just leave a comment about that. Um, all right, so let's uh, dive into something real quick. Uh, since the last podcast, um, I have the uh, Gerbera Tetra <coughs> uh, Robot Spirits video up. Uh, that was a really cool uh, action figure. Take a look at it. I have it where there's a little video of me in the bottom left, so I can still kind of talk to the camera as I'm looking at it. But let me know what you guys think about that as I kind of improve my way of producing these. Now, another video you're not seeing here, it's because I actually had to record this podcast early because I will be busy, but will be the Shars Counterattack Review Part 2. And I'm so excited about doing that. I loved how this first one, yeah, it's 298 as of uh, the time I'm recording this views. And, you know, that just makes me excited because stuff like Shars Counterattack is really cool. And to see that people are enjoying or wanting to... to taking content like that it makes me more excited to dive in more to that stuff. So I can't wait to even get into the origin. Origin has a lot to do with Char. And I'm curious if it, it was Char's counterattack. Is that nostalgia for some people? Or is it where Char is just kind of a popular character where people are willing to like dive into the videos? And all in all, all my other videos are typically that, um, uh, you know, Stuff like this and Zeta got some high views, but the unrelated stuff, they were typically around the same amount. And and I guess it's not really at the end of the day, I'm not trying to, I'm not like focusing and obsessed with, oh, I need to get my views. It's more of what do people like? What do people not like while I can have fun doing it? Because if I do something that seems really hard for me to do, a lot of work, and I notice it doesn't do too well, then it's like, okay, I don't have to worry about that. But I kind of like the way this is going, and um, um, oh, I, there we go. Can't wait to do some more. Actually, I had a thought and I lost it, and I filled it in with an um. Very interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So let's see. Yeah, there's the robot spirits, and then you'll see the Shars Char Counterattack Part Two. Yeah, we'll be good there. Um, and and as far as like new Gundam gets since the last podcast, it really hasn't been anything. One thing I will say is I've been playing a lot of the SD Generations Genesis on PS5. It's PS4 as well. And that is is fun. At first I was a little confused. I didn't realize that with this other sh warship you get that you can then like sortie out of the removal suits that aren't related to the timeline, aren't canon. That's something I don't like, but I see that I can capture canon uh, specific mobile suits that fit in. I played uh, a few missions from the original mobile suit Gundam, and then I played a few missions from Zeta. And I just love... When you're a fan of Gundam and you see Gundam, that Genesis game, in, uh, as in the name of the game, not the console, is, is just awesome because the music, it's telling the story that you know. You're just kind of... You're witnessing it again with kind of some updated... Slightly animated, but more just stills. And again, they have the SD look of the mobile suits, which I can I can look past that as that's more of a video game centric thing from the eight bit days. But then, yeah, later on this month is the Robot Spirit or not Robot Super Robot Wars, uh, thirty for thirtieth anniversary. So I'm looking forward to playing that and seeing some other cool Japanese robots that I'm not too familiar with. 
Um, but let but let me show you something else that has to do with that. So I've been trying to figure out what's an easy way that I can hop on my PS5 and do some like streaming, gaming, um, whether that be GBO2 or uh, SD Generation Genesis. So let me show you what I was able to figure out. Um, there are my notes. Okay, so here is where, and anyone can do this with a PlayStation 4 or 5, there's a remote, uh, and I, I actually did this before a while back, because this has actually been out for a while, I just haven't messed with it. There's a remote app, and it actually there's one on Android and iOS, but also on PC. This is so that you can, with your console, it turns it on remotely, but then you can access um, your PS4 and PS5 games. Now, this is me logged into GBO2. We can see where there's the scheduled release for Code Fairy, which I'll get into here shortly. But, yeah, you can kind of hear I have the music off. Uh, I like the music in GBO2, but I play it so much that uh, sometimes I have to have it shut off. But anyway, um, just it's kind of cool to see that like this is how, a way that I could stream. When I try to do a window capture, it seems... The way it's built, it blocks it. So I had to do a display capture, and then I just cropped it down in order to fit on the screen. If anyone has any suggestions or comments on how to do that and to work better where it's easier for me to just capture the window, let me know. Otherwise, this way works too. I don't mind. I just don't know if it degrades the quality for people watching. I guess I'll find out when I watch the podcast later. And I guess it's not as interesting for those that are just listening anyway, that uh, you can't really see the game I'm streaming. But so one, I think I'm going to start streaming uh, games more on this channel. But another, and it's not going to take away from other content. This will just be supplementary. But here's the other thing. So I'm opening my PlayStation. Oh, and it just uh, crashed. Let me. Get the, oh, that was interesting. Okay. It didn't crash, but so. Yeah, see, Ghost of Tsushima, play that so much. I love it. But I go to Generation Genesis. And, you know, it's about to start up. It's got the cool little... So here's what stinks about this. Can't display the screen on the connected console. The screen contains content that can't be displayed using remote play. Go back to home screen on connected console. So this is an issue I was having just in general playing Genesis. Was anytime I was playing, I wanted to capture some of my gameplay to record. And it just wouldn't let me. It was blocked. And I don't know if that's what we're witnessing here, or this game just has some sort of uh, issue with... Uh, well, yeah, so I'm trying to say, when it comes to capturing... And actually, I wonder if I can test that out real quick. So I just turned on my TV in the living room, and I can see that the, the, the opening animation's going. So let's say I was to skip that. And it says, Blue Gamer can see, uh, uh, said something about it not allowing me. So let's. So it seems, unless, so if someone has a way around this, or maybe I need to do more research, I would not be able to stream this game in any way. I don't know if that would require me getting an Elgato, which I was trying to avoid doing that so I didn't have to pay. I have a version of it, but, you know, it's back when... Uh, Let's see. I mean, I guess it, the quality, I guess, doesn't matter too much. I was just saying I have an Elgato um, capture device, but it's the older version. I know there's some newer ones out, and I just don't want to spend money on that. But, 
I mean, as we can see, a little disappointing if anyone has a way of getting around this where I can do streaming on the PlayStation uh, or this game in particular, because yeah, I can do GBO2 just fine. Loading in. You can hear the cool music. But yeah, we, we saw that earlier. But anyway. Not to not to dwell on this too much, but a little disappointing. A little disappointing. Let me uh put my PS5 in rest mode. Oh, I just did that same thing again where it just crashed. Uh, or it minimized. Anyway. Anyway, I thought that was cool. I'll figure it out. I want to start, yeah, getting some more gameplay stuff going on. Anyway, moving on from that, but still video game related is the Code Fairy announcement. So, today's actually the 19th. This is the day for me that this was um, announced. There's a video on this, and it looks pretty cool. It's showing these really neat designed... So we've got new characters. I guess that means new animation, which would be really neat to have these characters animated within this. But it's a single-player story that has missions. And it kind of cr crosses over with GBO2 in terms of you can do some things in this that unlocks mobile suits and items for GBO2. And in GBO2, depending on your uh, mission rewards, or is it the awards, uh, you can unlock missions in this Code Fairy. So... A lot of this is exactly what I wanted. It's that GBO2 gameplay, but within a single-player campaign. Even though there's those missions in GBO2, you can do the training missions. I just like that it's a single-player story. And, yeah, just showing some video of that. Um, yeah, here's a look at... Yeah, that looks really cool. Just seeing these screens with the mobile suits and just the battling going on. I cannot wait to play this now. It, it, it seems to be coming out in phases, phases of missions. And also I have this thing up here that I found on Reddit. So there's a standard edition and a deluxe edition. I don't think price has been announced yet. But if you get the standard edition, it's the Mobile Suit Gun and Battle Operation Code Fairy Volume 1, 2, and 3. Early access. So it's one day early access to Mobile Suit Gun and Battle Operation Code Fairy two and three. So I guess if you pre-order the standard edition, you get early access to volume two and three. So uh, does that mean after volume one comes out, if you buy it, you can only play two and three the day they're meant to come out and one day early, not too big of a deal, but oh well. Mobile Suit Gun and Battle Operation Code Fairy PSN Avatar set. Yeah. Mobile Suit Gun and Battle Operation 2 in-game rewards. So unit Zany, or Zany, ground type level one. I guess that is that right there, which that reminds me that's what's in uh, Genesis, SD Generation Genesis, the Zanny. That's not something I'm actually familiar with. But also 100,000 DP, which that's that could go a long way. That could be a, a nice mobile suit if you're at a rank that you can buy a mobile suit you want, which I'm typically not. All right, let's look at this other one, this Deluxe Edition Mobile Suit Gundam Battle Operation Code Fairy Volume 1, 2, 3. Um, yeah, the early access, that whole thing. Uh, let's see. What were some different things? Okay. So the 100,000 uh, DP, but also the unit high mobility Zaku ground type. 
six avatar co costumes. They're t-shirts of the characters, and that's over here on the right side. Uh, let's see, marks. Uh, oh, wait, there's also, yeah, after, and then after costumes of, of normal suit, helmet. Okay, that's this down there. That looks cool. I like the color scheme on that. Also marks, so that's these down here. And then you get an operator, so a new voice, and then 31 tokens. So, again, you know, I could have missed it, or they just haven't announced the price yet, but... I, I don't know when I'm see nowadays when I see standard and deluxe, especially on PS5, it's like 60 for standard, 70 or 80 for deluxe. I would not think they're doing that. I'm thinking maybe 20 for standard, 30 for deluxe or 40. If you consider how much tokens cost, that's pretty good. And if you already have tokens and you buy that and you do a, a roll on a half price day, it, it could turn out pretty good. I, I don't know. In in really, I, I'm splitting hairs when I'm acting like I'm not sure because really this is awesome. This is cool artwork. You know, being someone that has only gotten into anime because of Gundam, I like I like this artwork. It, this is really cool. Uh, I'm getting into all that stuff. Uh, curious what everyone else thinks about this. I wonder if anyone has posted anything new about no nothing new about prices, but I guess there's going to be some really cool looking. Mobile suits to grab. I guess, yeah, someone was saying in this, seven new suits. And it's very interesting what some of these look like. This is a Gundam type, I would assume, because of the, I would say V-fin, but it's like a crown fin. It's very interesting. Because it looks like it's even on the back. It kind of gives it a look of a crown. And then we have some sort of, I don't know, this is a mix of different Xeonic designs. And this also is like a gym, but with some other... Interesting aesthetics to it. And then yeah, down here we got some Zaku's, another Gundam. Looks looks cool. You know, something that I can't say it's a problem. But oh, I like wait, I just realized it's saying high grade right here. That could just be for fun, or these could be kits coming out. It, it makes sense. If you think about when the Gundam Universe action figures came out, they had some marketing with GBO2, also with the Gundam Battle. Um game on android they have some kits even with the maxi boost there's a kit so that'd be pretty cool to have kits of these i so one thing i was going to mention is you know like gundam thunderbolt is amazing and it has some for it being in the one year war it has some more advanced technology occurring and not necessarily super advanced but more refined of that technology at that time to make it seem as if, oh, wow, is that stuff really uh, during the one-year war? And I'm kind of seeing that with this. And I think that's fine. I can look over it. Look, if we're talking about Earth, Earth sphere, colonies, there's so many opportunities with development, MS development going on where they could take an MS design that's already in mass production and then start tweaking it, adding things to it, people making their customs or pilots getting their customs. So I don't know if anyone has... Oh, look, it has an... I just realized this. Black Rider, White Rider, and a free Jaeger. Or Jaeger. Zaku 2 Sniper Type, Zaku Half Cannon, Gundam Pixie. Okay, so some of these seem like they are like custom versions of existing mobile suits. But yeah, if anyone has any thoughts about 
the des- development and design of mobile suits during the one year war, like we see in Thunderbolt and where this takes place, where it seems like there's kind of more advanced, uh, maybe some more head cannon uh, that we can use. Oh, okay. So that is then the seven. We've got the three here, the three here, and then the zany. Is the high mobility. So is that then eight? So, yeah, I guess we'll find out when it comes down. Although I'm excited about this. Again, this is a a single player uh, story using the the fighting mechanics and game engine of Gundam Battle. Uh, that's great. I, I like that. All right. Uh, let me see what else. Yeah, I wanted to talk about real quick before I move off of the games. So with the SD Generations Genesis, it could just be me, but it seems like... Now, I posted this in the Discord, too. If anyone has any information or just join the Discord, it's very fun. It seems that when you play SD Generations, you do have to save. Now, that might seem crazy, but I'm just so used to nowadays when I'm playing a game that there's an autosave. You complete a mission, it just saves it. But with this, it seems like when you complete a mission, you have to then save. If you do some NMS development, you have to save. Um, and and I could see where someone that's not used to that, and uh, that happened to me uh, when I beat the first area of uh, Mobile Suit Gundam. I then put my PS4, PS5 in rest mode. I think that game doesn't stay for long in uh, that rest state because it's a ps4 title so when i got back into it it put me back in the main menu there was no content to load i had to start over again which was fine i don't know if that's just how it is with that game or if there's something i'm i'm missing but luckily not only do you have the option to save but you can then um save in the cloud there's a cross save so it's like ps4 ps5 so at least that's there all right so mobile suit of the week i'm gonna go back to the OG in a way, but this is the Zaku one, MS05B Zaku one. Just with getting into all these other advanced developed mobile suits, I kind of wanted to scale it back a little bit. Plus, I think I'm going to be getting into a little bit more origin here soon. So, which is interesting because in the Gundam fandom wiki, there's actually tabs. It reminds me of Star Wars where there's the canon and legacy or Legends, I think they call it, yeah, Canon and Legends. But there's Origin, which, okay, so it has its cool look, and it seems to have a little more, and then Thunderbolt, which again, that whole idea that during Thunderbolt, it seems there's more advanced things occurring that wouldn't have aligned with the one-year war technology, but, and this is the same manga version too. So I don't know if, if anyone out there and you could leave a comment about understanding the canon connection between main origin and Thunderbolt. Is origin really its own thing? Is Thunderbolt really its own thing? Just kind of a self-contained story within Mobile Suit Gundam that's not necessarily canon or connected. The only thing with origin, it's giving you the origin of Char. So I would think that would be part of main. But anyway, I could be um caring too much about that stuff but hey it's gundam so yeah let's uh dive into this mobile suit so to look at a few things um yeah it's been in a lot of shows movies games it's one of my first captured units in sd generation genesis first seen in 0075 last seen in 96 
Let's see. Usually it has that, uh, okay, here we go. Developed from a Zaku 1 early type. Very cool. I love this old school artwork that has the real type markings on it. So very cool. And then also developed into, you know, a few different things. Sniper type. Uh, all into the Zaku 2 mass production, Zaku tank. So a lot of things that we're familiar with. And there's variants with that too. So, technology and combat characteristics. By the outbreak of the one-year war, the MS-05 Zaku was five years old and largely considered obsolete. The mobile suit was developed as the first combat-use mass-produced or mass-production mobile suit, but it was soon superseded by the MS-06C Zaku II early production type. After that, it was phased out and mainly consigned to auxiliary duties such as training, construction, and supply duties. The Zaku I, however has infamous history as it was used by the Xeon Marines in gassing of colony populations and preparing these colonies for their drops on Earth. That's scary stuff. I love the portrayal of that in Origins. It wasn't until the closing months of the one-year war that the Zaku ones finally saw frontline action and had a chance for some real glory. After Zeon's crushing defeat during Operation Odessa, Zaku ones reinforced their faltering main forces and saw some of the bitterest action of the entire war. Fighting desperate rear guard and holding actions often against the now superior Federation mobile forces. The old war horse also fought in the very last major actions of the war alongside advanced mobile suits such as MS-14 Gelgoog, Units during Xeon's last stand at the Space Fortress Abawaku. So, pretty cool there. Armaments. Now, there's a lot here. I'm actually not going to dive into all of them. I'm just going to kind of quickly. So, it's got a 105mm machine gun, the standard weapon. So, 120mm machine gun, another standard weapon. Let's see. It's got the H and L SB21K or 20, uh, 280mm A and Zaku. I'm just spewing a bunch of letters and numbers zaku bazooka so bazooka initial type bazooka 90 millimeter assault rifle a shotgun okay pump back and shotgun it is of the same type as the one used by the camphor so that's very cool that's a very good weapon it works wonders in gbo2 um to stagger enemies uh 880 millimeter rbt 27 uh rocketton bazooka so another bazooka got the heat hawk very uh, normal, typical for those. G3 nerve gas grenade launcher. So this could be, is it related to, yeah, the, uh, gassing the colony to prepare it for the drop on Earth. An S-mine, so antipersonal explosive fired from various locations on the Zaku's body. Okay, yeah, I remember this. I forget which one I was watching this in, although I think that's in 08, the MS team, where uh, they yeah shot them out to try to, you know, kill uh, personnel that's around it. Knuckle shield, modified Zaku 2 shoulder shield. Okay, so it's like that, you know, shoulder shield they had, but it's reversed and it has the spikes. Typical shoulder shield, heat sword. So something similar that the goof would use. Okay, yeah, goof. Developed for the goof line of mobile suits. MIP B6 cracker grenade. Uh, identical to those used by infantry. Okay. Sturm Faust, so that's that disposable rocket launcher. Again, something that's on the camphor. And then the shield, so there is the shoulder shield that we normally see, and then just a regular shield. 
When shields are also treated with an anti-beam coating, typically physical shields can only be it only take so much. Okay, so it's not explaining it more. I was curious if it's different um, than the typical shoulder shield in any way. Oh, that looks cool. Oh, that that is very cool. And black tristars. Okay, so yeah, I guess lots of variations. Yeah, it was the first mobile suit. I guess it had gone on for five years before they decided to develop something new, so it could have seen a lot of variations, um, which is actually in the wiki. So if you were to visit the wiki, it actually shows more of them. All right, so history introduced in UC0075, the MS-05B Zaku-1 was the Principality of Xeon's first true mass production mobile suit. Although designed as a frontline combat unit, Xeon's upper brass concluded that it was not adequate to serve as their mainstay unit in the coming war against the numerically superior Earth Federation. The Zaku-1 was soon replaced by the improved MS-06A Zaku-2 first mass production type, which was in turn replaced by the MS-06C Zaku-2 early production type, which was finally replaced by the MS-06F Zaku-2 as the mainstay of Xeon's mobile suit forces. So one-year war... Early during the one-year war of UC-0079, Mozaku's uh, ones were relegated to menial construction and supply duties, although a few did continue to serve in combat roles. During the war's opening day, Zaku ones were also used in other combat-related work roles, including gassing of colony populations, attaching booster engines to space colonies to hurl them towards Earth, and so on. It wasn't until the last months of the war that Xeon... Desperate after facing losses in Operation Odessa and Operation Star 1, would move the old Zaku's uh, ones back to the front lines to reinforce their faltering main forces. Several units would even see combat on Earth when the Midnight Fenrir Corps fought in defense of the California base. Another known variant was piloted by uh, Eric Blank, or Blanque, who colored his unit purple and gave it shoulder armor spikes as well as a commander's antenna for melee combat. Blanc's unit is armed with MS-07B Goof's heat sword. Third Neo-Zeon War. After one-year war, the B-type Zaku's ones would be kept and used by Zeon remnants right up to UC-0096. During the events in Last Sun, the customized Zaku-1 piloted by Darmac Barlow features modified knuckle shield and shoulder shields with hard points to increase its weapon loadout. Very cool. And then, yeah, there's some pictures here showing different Zaku ones and all their different weapons. That's that knuckle shield. All right, let's see if there's any interesting trivia. Zaku one was originally simply named Old Zaku in the settings. That must be a game or something. The. The name Zaku-1 first appeared in the 1981 sourcebook Gundam Century. The term Old Zaku was used in several works as an in-universe nickname for the Zaku-1. The S-Mines is likely a reference to a similar anti-personnel mine used by the German in the Second World War. In Mobile Suit Gundam, Bonds of the Battlefield, and its portable version, the Zaku-1 has mediocre general stats, but is the only unit in the game that can do a six-hit melee combo assuming that the other melee weapons have uh, options have been unlocked. The string can only be done fully... Okay, I'm not going to go into all of that, but... Uh, so that is a game, Bonds of the Battlefield. Oh, interesting. It's a Japanese arcade game. Very cool. Stuff that would never come here. Well, 
But that is the mobile suit of the week, and that is the MS-05B Zaku 1. If anyone has any more information they want to share of it, um, yeah, feel free to leave that in the comments. Again, here's a look at the Origin version. I really love the way that looks. And then Thunderbolt. I like that yellow uh, kind of uh, construction look. It reminds me of the power loader from Aliens. Forgot to look at some of the mobile suits shared last podcast. So this is from Uncle Tom. Actually, I forgot. Did I? No, this, I don't think I shared this one. This looks like the the standard high grade that's like in, in Target and everything. Very cool. Seems pretty clean, actually, in a lot of it. Uh, not that I'm looking for nub marks, but usually nub marks are a lot more apparent so that looks good oh and here's uh, santo bell with the eclipse jelly all right let's uh how can i need to better prepare for this but very cool donatello hmm turtles fan who isn't right okay Let's see. Some more of it. Very cool. Man, look at it. It's so edgy. Yeah, I would love to build something like this. I need to I need to get that. And then here is Is this the Sinanju Stein? Look at that uh, mouse pad. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, very cool. Let's see what else. Oh, another good shot of it there. Oh, and the panel lining. Yeah, it looks like there's not only panel lining, but is that um, some weathering also? Very cool. Now, this is pretty cool. So, this is... Um, yeah, Santo Bell, right? Yeah, Santo Bell's G-Savior custom. So it's made from the G-Savior high-grade kit and some joints and accessories from the high-grade F91. That, to me, is amazing. I hadn't really had time to really fully dive into this, but we can see the weathering, the look of it. Man, fantastic. I love that mobile suit. And, and I got the uh, notification that Mandrake had one of these available i just didn't jump on it yet but i love the look of this that weathering is well done too very cool very cool they need to do a proper re-release although that custom sure is good oh yeah and with the um interesting sky side skirt armor that's uh Similar to the GPO-3. Oh, and another one with the uh, Gatling. Very cool. Yeah, very nice. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, oh, Will got himself the SD. I think as SD, yeah. Super Deformed Sazabi. like to see that built. Oh, and here's that um, Zaku 2. What is it? Uh, there's some FS or something. There's a specific name for it, but yeah, from um, 
0080, more in the pocket. Very cool design. And then, oh, I was just showing off uh, a Megazord. That's just a, was it Soldier Koken? Something like that. <laughs> and then, yeah, don't ever talk to me or my sons. Ever again. Oh, and here's a Shining Gundam. Okay, I didn't know that. Luckily, he put that in there. That was uh, Uncle Tom. Very cool pose, actually, like that. And then I look the look with the hand being open. Even though I'm not familiar with that series, that does look cool. And then here, we'll share this. This uh, Pumpkin Haro or Hygog. More, yeah. Or both? Or wait a minute. Am I just now realizing something about Haro and the Hygog? That might be another video. Um, oh, and it's glow in the dark. Wow. Oh yeah, and then Uncle Tom was showing off a box he found, which is a transformable Zeta that, and he opened it up so we can take a look. You know, I love the Zeta Gundam. I have many versions. I don't have this, and, but it, it is online for a pretty decent price. I might check it out because I, I like to mess around with those transformable things, but, well, cool. Well, yeah, thanks for those who, you know, share their gets on there. Yeah, it doesn't have to be uh, built uh, Gumpla like you saw, but it could be other action figures and memorabilia is just really cool to share especially if you find out something new you didn't know existed or um yeah like that that zeta or just seeing someone build that uh santo bell's um a g savior custom now that that's awesome all right so yeah let's look at some comments here real quick this is from the last podcast from rob the builder sdggg it's certainly a slower-paced game, but it's great to quickly tell the story of most of the major stories. I found the biggest pro for me outside of the stories was the sheer amount of MS you can get. I absolutely agree. Sorry, phone was going off. absolutely agree that the game would be a lot more successful if the game had standard styles. I know you didn't oh, outright say it, but I think you were working your way around it. Haha. <laughs> also, Flailthrough is a great channel. Rob is my main GBO2 YouTube channel. Um. Oh, so maybe I didn't uh, know that or look it up. Oh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't see videos. So, yeah, Rob, if you have another channel, let me know. But the flail throughs, yeah, that was that was cool, too, to see that. Not many people are really playing through and talking about Generations. I would if it wasn't for the fact that my uh, remote play is blocking the content. But anyway, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um. Let's see, from the other podcast, Abraham Lincoln, great vid. These podcast videos are always my favorite. Also, funny coincidence, I just found out about those SD games myself this past week while looking for Gundam strategy games. Just need to find a way to play them on PC because I don't have a PlayStation. Um, so yeah, Super Robot Wars 30 is coming out soon uh, on PC and will be on the Switch. And then, that might be PlayStation 2, I don't know. But then there's also the other... Um, Generation, uh, what was it? Cross rays. Even though it's not UC, it's it's still cool. That's what like set me off. I was like, ooh, I like the production value of this. I I want to see if there's a UC version. Thanks, Mr. President. All right, Mount Ralph. I don't have Genesis, uh, but do have Cross rays and have been enjoying it a lot. Very similar to Fire Emblem and Final Fantasy Tactics. Good high level way to get the stories as well. If I can find it, I want to get Genesis next. I 100% agree on SD Gundams. Would prefer them to non-SD, but in my mind, reminds me of the old school games like on NES, SNES, Genesis days, so I can get past it there. 
If you like tactical games in Gundam, have you played Zionic Front? No, so I'll have to check out Zionic Front, actually. I gotta remind myself to do that. Let me just do a quick little search, and then I'll get back to that. But, um, yeah, you know, being a gamer, a lot of my histories in gaming, like, I remember on the NES when they would show, like, oh, any of the role-playing games, even though I wasn't big into RPGs, but even, like, Zelda games, like, you would see what it would look like, and then you'd see the box art. Yeah, you saw this a lot with um, even Game Boy games, especially, where they would deform how it looked to fit in the game. And that's an interesting take, because it's it's the concept that the developers are showing off. And I don't know if that was something that Western developers did much. Um, that seems to be a, a Japanese thing, maybe. All right, Santo Bell GPO-4 is an awesome Gundam unit and a sweet RE-100 kit. The Shining Force games, too, mostly consume so many nights on Sega Saturn and Genesis. Send me a Discord message with the PSN info. We'll get a match happening. You know what? Speaking of that, yeah, we got to do that. I did actually get a chance to play with Will, another member from the Discord, and we had a lot of fun on that. We were, it, it was weird, GPO-2, it doesn't seem like it's easy to have a friend and then go do a ranked or, or quick match. It's like you have to make a custom game. So if we can get a big group, that would be great. Although we had fun just doing one-on-one. Like we would just go back and forth. I would use a suit and win. He would use a suit and win. We were just trying out our suits. Um, and it, it's really cool playing, especially Will, because he was kind of showing me where I can improve. Like when it came to like, especially like melee, um, he was really good at the, um, you know, hitting triangle to do like the tackle or the counter, which is an element I love of the GPO two games. All right, from Kino Rivera. Honestly, I was the same mindset at first, and I wasn't the biggest fan of SD Gundams as a whole. But my three year old son loves it, so it bridges a nice gap of introducing Gundam to my son early on while giving me my Gundam fix while doing daddy duties. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. I think that's a really cool thing about. Gundam, they have this little SD thing, and so kids can join in. And that's and that's kind of interesting, because my youngest, he he doesn't like Gundam as much as he likes other things, but he will tolerate it, and if I'm building a model, he wants to build too. If I got a new action figure, he wants to see it for a second. Um, Let's see. Oh, Robert, again, with his excellent commentary, congratulating me on my subs. Thank you very much. Oh, and the live stream with his artwork, I will be doing that live stream soon. I just haven't really had the time to do it as soon as i can fit that in yeah the live stream will be having just a movie on in the background maybe some gaming showing off some artwork just to hang out and just really talk gundam yeah that would be cool to do these live streams and then also play gbo2 and then have people join in so we can like yeah play and talk gundam all right uh, oh and robert's asking for a copy of gbo2 but it is digital only um oh and he had some other um, let's see. Yeah, some other comments about it. Yeah, it's it's a free game. It's on PS4, PS5. Wish it was PC also, but hey. Uh, let's see. Oh, helping again with some pronunciations. Thank you, Robert. Oh, and recommending the Echo series. I'll have to get on that. And checking out the Tenchi Muyo. That sounds very familiar. You know, a lot of stuff familiar to me because growing up loving video games, always reading video game magazines from the late 80s and early 90s, I was always seeing the Japanese 
Japanese-centric stuff or things based on a Japanese anime or an RPG, which I wasn't into, but I just saw it. So it's always been in my mind. Um, let's see. Bungerman420. If Lady Haman was a new type, the Universal Century would be a better fictional alternate space-time continuum. Now, I'm interesting if you want to expand on that because, uh, yeah, very interested in what you mean by that. Thanks, Bungerman420. Cool name. Okay, Angel Arturo Captcha Hirakaya. I hope I did that right. Great video and review. It was worth saying your name just to read that comment. Thank you very much. That stuff's always nice. Okay, Santo Bell. The side swivel on the lower arm would be a great feature on some of the high-grade kits. Nice figure, another cool red mono. I'm liking the effect parts. As always, uh, with an RS figure, yeah. The effect parts on Robot Spirits, that seals it for me. But that is interesting about the high-grade kits. Because there are some engineering that has gone on lately, like with that G40 Gundam that really adds some extra articulation to get some crazy poses. Some are more than necessary. But having the, the you know, the shoulder, or I'm sorry, the elbow kind of have more swivel on it uh, to help with, like, positioning. I think a lot of, especially if it's a mobile suit that has to carry a gun that maybe goes under the arm or on the arm. I think there's more that can be done there in general. And there and there's those newer Zaku 2 uh, high-grade kit coming out that has like the soft plastic and some other engineering. Yeah, especially when it comes to the, the shoulders like moving in. So I can see that being a possibility. All right, Zendito Seltawan. I really hope this channel will grow massive soon. Anyway, can you review RG New or maybe the Robot Spirits one? Yes, I have both of them, and those are going to be ones coming up pretty soon because they're cool and everyone likes them. So, cool. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah, thank you. All right, Robert, again, if there's anyone from Japan, I'd like those <laughs> Yakushiki glasses bought on my behalf and sent to my preferred eyewear shop next year. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I, If you want to check out Kakarot um, 971, I forget on the top of my head, but everyone knows that guy. Um, you should be subscribed not. He does a cool weekly like Gundam news segment. He looks at a lot of merchandise and they were showing off the Hayaku Shiki, Hayaku Shiki glasses that look really nice. I'd like to get them. I, I actually do um, wear glasses. I just take them off for the stream. They have the glare. But uh, and these are a little big, too. I used to have thinner ones and those Hayaku Shiki ones would be excellent. All right. Um, oh, and then last one from Robert. Adam, nice setup with cameras keep the options open but this is definitely very good well thank you yeah that was the whole idea where yeah let me actually jump into it real quick um let's see does it let me go to the video itself yeah so while i'll intro with me on one side and the figure on the other then as i dive this time i decided to put myself on the bottom left hand corner you know it's just me personally even though i watch a lot of reviews like um Action figure reviews in general, Anthony Customs, uh, Jobby, um, there's a bunch of others. I I tend to really be into or get engaged when I can speak, or not speak, but see the person speaking. And so that's kind of what I'm trying to pull off here. I do notice a lot of times, especially with Anthony Customs, Anthony's Customs, he's usually not on his videos when he's doing a review. And sometimes I'll get easily distracted and just be off on my own. I don't know what it is. And, and then you can't really listen to it as a podcast because they're looking at the figure. So 
anyway. But anyway, um, you know, that's it. Yeah, thanks, Robert, for that. But uh, yeah, guys, thanks for watching. Um, yeah, if or listening, uh, there will be that ca uh, Charles Counterattack review part two up by the time you're listening to this. And yeah, I can't wait to see what's going to be the review for next week. So um, yeah, thanks for watching. We'll talk later. Bye.